0: Welcome to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Your host is Rochelle McLaughlin. It's time to experience radical well-being. Learn to nourish your heart, body, and mind. Manifest your power in the present. And learn to live your life's infinite potential. Now, here's your host, Rochelle McLaughlin.
1: A series of personal life events have been profound catalysts for deep personal change for me, and I'm still engaged with many such experiences that I seem to push up against that continue to transform me, including one experience in particular, which was a health crisis that evolved related to my older daughter being exposed to multiple rounds of antibiotics in early childhood, among other factors that led to her developing digestive issues, sensory Issues and ADHD symptoms and I knew that she was not born that way and so I knew it was environmental and my husband and I chose to homeschool her so that I could keep her close to me to improve my chances of figuring out what was going on and I did figure it out and we have been on a healing journey ever since The process of making the choice to homeschool her, along with the powerful light of awareness that I had developed in my life by that time, gave me insight into some deeply held beliefs, opinions, and perceptions about what education should look like. Every time I noticed my train of thought in regards to education... I noticed that I had a great deal of baggage of societal and familial messages associated with homeschooling that were not my own. And yet I took the leap, I stepped onto an educational path that I knew little about and clearly had misguided ideas about. I faced those perceptions and beliefs head on, I meditated on them, I connected to my intuitive sense as I experienced it in my body and I made choices from that inner knowingness and an inner compass. And little did I know that Pandora's box would open up to me a world of exceptional families on a similar path of discovery. I had many incredibly encouraging conversations and connections with many inspiring families along the way. And my guest today, Lisa Betz lacroix is one of those inspiring moms charting her own course, through unknown terrain for her children, her community, and for the clients she works with. And she has been a beacon of light for my journey into this revelatory experience of interest-led learning for my family. So without further ado, allow me to introduce you to education activist, Lisa betz Lisa is an outspoken advocate for radical educational reform she is passionate about creating alternative learning communities and nurturing the meta learning skills that will support self directed learners in the uncharted waters of the future world. As an actor and a spokesperson for education reform, she's been featured in hundreds of television episodes, films, movies of the week, and news pieces, and she also holds a world title in Pro Am American Rhythm Ballroom Dance. Lisa is the the co-founder of a 1,000-plus member group of independent learners and connects educational change makers through her free learning dinner salons and annual innovation education conference. Lisa speaks on meta-learning and the future of education and believes that embracing agency over one's learning path is a privilege and a right. Welcome Lisa, it is such a pleasure to have you on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio today.
2: Thank you, Rochelle, how fun to be here with you.
1: Lisa, the term conveyor belt education you use speaks volumes and it resonates deeply with my own personal or I should say impersonal experience moving through the public school system. Can you speak about the traditional school paradigm we've come from, the one we are currently perpetuating and where are we headed?
2: Sure, it, you know, in order to answer that question, I'd like to just take a really brief look at, at history, and in particular, the Industrial Revolution, which really changed everything in our society, including education. So it was during that time period that education, for the first time, became free to all children. And in 1833, the British public school system allocated funds so that children of every social economic group could be educated because uh, prior to that time, education was really only fully accessible to the rich. So this move towards compulsory education was enacted, and on the, uh, on the positive side, it meant that parents could not keep their kids home working in the factories or in the fields. And so clearly there's a great amount of societal good that comes from um, committing to educating everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the problem is that that evolved into what some people might refer to as a factory model of education in which everyone learns the same way at the same time in the same small chunks. And unfortunately what serves the group does not always best serve the individual. Mm -hmm. So if we look back even further to medieval times, there's another illustrative story that I'd like to tell, which is the history of the lecture. So at that time, before the printing press was invented, books were, were really expensive. They, they, were, they were not very common because mass production hadn't, hadn't, become, um, hadn't become readily available. So at that time it made sense for one person to read from the original source material, the one book that was owned by the community. And so everyone else listened on and took lecture notes. And that way it was possible to share content with, with many people who other, otherwise would have had no access to information. So the motivating factor at that time was the one book. And it doesn't take a lot of thinking to realize that that model right now in our current times is 100% irrelevant. We are truly inundated with more content than we can possibly digest.
1: That's so true, Lisa. Anything you could want to learn is really just a Google search away, isn't it?
2: Exactly, yes. And and now the world is changing at lightning speed, Um given that information is is available. And so it's my view that kids really need a new set of skills. And these skills I call meta-learning skills. So kids, and not just kids, also adults, we all need to know how to curate and how to process all that content that's consistently coming at us. And we need the skills and we need the confidence that will allow us to be lifelong learners, to ensure that we we know how to learn anything we need to learn when we need to learn it. So I'd say we need to be nurturing a responsive and proactive learning style. We need to nurture engagement and self-direction.
1: Mm-hmm. Lisa, we, we do have time to go into this topic, and I would love for you to touch on the term meta-learning as you mentioned it just now. Can you describe what you mean?
2: Sure. Um, in in the outline for the show, you mentioned the idea of our culture being in crisis, and I'm really sensitive to the fact that that idea is being popularized and and even exploited right now. But it is true that there are issues we face today and real difficult problems that we'll be handing over to our kids. And I, I I'm willing to bet that you and I aren't the first parents to worry about how our kids will deal with all the, the the crisis they'll be facing, the local and the global environmental issues and the untenable cost of higher education, worldwide economic crises we're seeing everywhere and the highly mixed blessing. And this is the big one for me, the highly mixed blessing of technological advances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, now they say that you can't solve new problems with old solutions. And I think that changing the way we think about learning and and empowering our, our kids with skills that will allow them to learn what they need to think critically about these issues will really be preparation for the future and, and will allow us to make use of the amazing and really often underutilized resource that lies dormant in our kids and in our youth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes and then specifically for the the top, the term meta learning that that can mm-hmm. be a new term for so many of us can you describe what you mean with that
2: Sure i'd say that meta learning is the high level skills needed to be a learner so when you contrast it with the idea of content which is information it's really the overarching uh, skills that allow people to, to, to process that content, even to identify the content they need, and then to be able to apply and use it. So, um, you know, I, when I when I think about meta learning skills, I think about um, the skills that that really begin and end with self-awareness and, self op- and self-empowerment. and self So some mm-hmm. of the things that come to mind specifically would include goal setting and time management, um, self-efficacy, or the ability to really be effective and to act and to create change, as well as communication and interpersonal skills that uh, one needs to self-advocate, to make a case for oneself and one's one's projects, um, the ability to design support systems and to create relationships with mentors and, and peers, and then the inter, inter, intrapersonal skills like the willingness to uh, self-evaluate, to mm-hmm. track the progress we're making, and then to circle back and iterate and to make it Better, little by little, as uh, we revisit our learning plans and goals. So, I I think the skills I'm talking about really are those high level tools that support the larger act of learning, and ultimately, I'd say, living a self directed life.
1: Mm, that's wonderful. And you, yeah, go ahead, Lisa.
2: Yeah, um, I I guess another way of sort of presenting this idea is if if you could think about a future where um, where learners have the ability to explore independent coursework that's relevant to their interests and to their skill set. And uh, this could take all kinds of forms, all kinds of personal projects, um, art endeavors, uh, service projects, community service, travel, travel learning or travel schooling. Uh, there's no reason that young people can't be involved in apprenticeships and, and entrepreneurism um, as a means for learning uh, in a self-directed way. So I just go back to the idea that knowing who you are and what you want in life, and really holding the conviction that um, those things matter and they're they're within your control. I'd say those are the the essential starting points to exploring the idea of meta learning.
1: Mm, it's wonderful. So Lisa we need to take a short break and so my guest today is alternative education activist Lisa Betz-Lacroix. Lisa challenges the notion that content is king and encourages viewing education as a never-ending self-directed journey instead of the conveyor belt experience too often found in our modern institutions. Lisa believes that meta-learning skills should be our collective focus and that if we could escape the old paradigm we might Begin to rediscover our collective passion for knowledge, pursuit of mastery, personal growth, self understanding, and life design as part of every person's customized learning journey. You can connect with Lisa Betts-Lacroix and learn about current projects and consulting at her website www.lisabl.com or find her on Twitter at LisaBL. We will be right back with Lisa Betts-Lacroix.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright, revolutionary wellness. Introducing the Experience Revolutionary Wellness Coaching Program. Log on today to begin your journey into the mystery and join our virtual village. The world, now more than ever, needs you to feel revolutionarily well explore and integrate new ways of being learn to access your own unique treasure the wisdom that is right there inside you waiting to be revealed experience a renewed vivid and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you when you experience revolutionary wellness you will be the change you wish to see in the world Log on to experiencerevolutionarywellness.com today and join Rochelle on an adventure into your own unique journey toward revolutionary wellness. You're listening to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle is an internationally known meditation teacher, clinician of mind and body medicine, lifestyle change, and self-healing. She's an author, speaker, and creator of Experience Revolutionary Wellness Virtual Village. If you would like to reach Rochelle, send an email to Rochelle at Experience Again, that's Rochelle at Experience Now back to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Welcome back. The
1: greatest gift a parent can give a child is support in the development of personal responsibility and efficacy. Nowhere is this more crucial than in the skill of learning, since knowing how to learn will be the most important skill of all. Self-education and meta-learning are the keys to self-empowerment. This is a quote from my guest today, an alternative education activist, Lisa betz so Lisa, you mentioned that the challenge is that it's hard to know exactly what skills will be needed in the future when we don't even know what the types of jobs that our skill, that our kids will be doing. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
2: Sure. Um, well, the world's changing so quickly, and I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. Um, a lot of research has shown that um, Most of the jobs that our kids will do in the future have not even been invented yet. I think there are new fields of study and uh, uh, new needs that are going to be coming out of our consistently changing technological world. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think the fact that we don't know what types of jobs makes our kids will be doing makes it difficult to prepare in the ways that we have in the past. Historically, people have thought about school almost as uh, an opportunity for for training in a trade. So, you might ask a child as they're growing up, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And they might say something like, "You know, the the stereotypical cliche of a firefighter, or possibly, if they were ambitious, a doctor or a lawyer." And while those uh, those jobs uh, have their particular um, direction in terms of education in order f- to fulfill the um, the challenges they they present there's so many more fields that have not been um, you know identified and elaborated on and so um, I think that that it's really hard for us to prepare our kids with both content and skills when we have actually, in my opinion, very little idea of the type of work they're likely to be doing 10 or 15 or 20 years from now.
1: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that the that it's also not just a challenge for our kids, it's for ourselves. And so we need to also be learning these meta skills right along with them because we live in, in the same changing world. And I love that you propose that because we learn uh, or that we need to learn the meta, meta skills along with our children. And I personally did not receive any such skills in my entire education. So it unfortunately makes complete sense as to why we would be in such global uh, crises and have such challenges today since the world's (laughs) population largely adopted this conveyor belt model that seriously lacks meta-skill development. And I've had the opportunity to teach mindfulness skills within the department of of OT at San Jose State for the past several years. And this came about because when I got out into the workforce, I knew I lacked specific meta skills. Like you're talking about this interrelationship. Uh, rapport building, uh, even just a relationship with myself and and Mm -hmm. my own feelings, I did not have this. And I would have, that would have been such a benefit to me. And I was so inspired though, once I started developing these skills in my life, that that's what I got trained in mindfulness. I began integrating it into my life and started bringing it into my work and then teaching it and bringing it to San Jose State, Mm -hmm. which is wonderful. And it's been well received. But Lisa, Mm -hmm. in your talk, called micro schools, the future of education that's, there's a link to, um, on your website and you state to continue to challenge assumptions, make connections and brainstorm what is possible. Can you speak to what you're suggesting? Sure, comment.
2: sure. In fact, before I, I speak to that specifically, I just go back to um, the point you made about um, mindfulness. Um, I think that the idea of mindfulness and any kind of self-awareness and self-connection are such a critical beginning point to exploring um, self-direction uh, um, because it gives us the beginning um sort of view as to what direction we should head us and we consistently need to be iterating and changing as we grow um, but it gives us a starting point and also a touch a touch point to keep coming back to so mm-hmm. i think those are such critical meta meta learning skills um, but in specifically in answer to your question um the way it, where that, that quote that you um, you mentioned came from about the need to challenge assumptions and con- to continue brainstorming what's possible, honestly, that quote came out of the realization um, that as much as I really love to solve the challenge of education once and for all, and even though I do feel like there are certain um, elements of learning that um, I, along with many of the people in my learning community, have found that work well, the reality is I i don't have all the answers and partly that's a continuation of the same point and that is that any solution that 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 we might come up with for now it it won't necessarily be relevant tomorrow for tomorrow Mm -hmm. and unfortunately it's taking us a very long time to shift our attitudes and thought processes from this conveyor belt model which makes sense because it's scary for human beings to change but, as Albert Einstein said, there's no problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. And I think that's mm-hmm. um, that's that's very, very wise and very true. What worked in the past doesn't necessarily work for the present and it and it it probably won't work for the future. So that's mm-hmm. why we need to keep challenging our assumptions and we need to keep looking within ourselves and to each other. And we need to, to build inquiry into our day-to-day learning environments and encourage our, our children to continue to, to ask the kinds of questions um, that helps them get insight into who they are, what they want, what they can learn, how they learn. And then help them understand that they can actually create what they, they need right, right now. Mm-hmm. So we also need the courage to listen to both ourselves and to our children. Mm
1: -hmm. Lisa, what does it look like now, and where is it going in the future?
2: Well, right now in our learning communities, we have many families who started out with the the idea that they were going to be quote-unquote homeschooling. Uh But in doing so, and you sort of made reference to this, that um, (laughs) the discovery process is its own... Journey, and that in 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 entering to this in, into this world, they've many of, of my community have discovered that there's so much more richness in collaboration, and so that's challenged the notion that homeschooling is uh, a parent and child sitting at home at the kitchen table pulling out a math book, and as a result, all types of collectives and co-ops and group classes and and projects that allow learners to pick and choose and and customize the way they're learning have really truly exploded in popularity mm-hmm. and the interesting thing is it what started with um uh, the domain of the family and the parent working with the child um, has has really progressed, and now everyone's getting in, in on the action. So now museums and storefront businesses, um, public school teachers uh, are leaving the public schools to create their own à la carte learning options that they can offer for all ages of learners. So in the Bay Area, for example, we are fortunate that a person, a family, uh, um, can can spend all day, every day, engaged in classes in various locations that meet the individual needs of their children. So mm-hmm. families have the the opportunity here to design entire weeks and months of learning that are are completely customized and individualized to their children's needs. Mm-hmm. So even more exciting, I'd say, is that now the startup community in the Bay Area, and we're in the heart of Silicon Valley where um, um, where people are innovating, in terms of the private sector, and that community has begun to see that learners who are operating and living outside of the brick-and-mortar schools are actually a viable and a very important market, and um, they're starting to look to us to envision the next stage of both private sector options, um, which will make them money, and mm-hmm. but simultaneously, with their with their uh, brain power and, and financial resources, and um, an inclination to create these new startups, they'll create better learning options for those of us who are already learning independently. And mm-hmm. the other beautiful thing is these private sector ventures that are popping up will also solve some of the problems that we continue to face and make it easier and more comfortable for families who are interested in leaving the traditional system to feel confidence that they'll have somewhere to land.
1: It's so inspiring. Lisa, what you say about rediscovering what works and challenging our assumptions is really, it feels to me like an act of taking our power back. And I I did this when I took my family's health back with the power of food as medicine, and I took power back by choosing to get off the educational treadmill and these radical acts actually grew courage within me over time, and it does take an initial leap of faith, support, and the willingness to question preconceived assumptions that are often deeply embedded in our psyche and it becomes like a self-perpetuating, evolving system of meaningful change when we begin to trust ourselves. Would you agree? Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. It is so true. And the traditional education systems are such an example of that. And when we can look at them and and, and evaluate our relationship to them, um, I do think it is an act of, of, of radical empowerment. Those systems really have been built on the ide- ideology that someone else knows better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is true, like you mentioned, of all the other systems, whether it's the medical system or... Um, the health system. I think a lot about the 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 economic system. This is true for also. And the idea is that um, that an expert is the person to follow, mm-hmm. and we need to we need to to do that. So in the situation of learning, that only happens when we listen to either teachers or people who are experts on education. So I'd add to that the fact that in recent years there's been a lot of talk about education reform, but in some ways it's important to consider that reform really does mean fixing a broken system. Mm. And in some ways what we actually need is a more radical form of educational revolution. Mm
0: -hmm. And I'd
2: say that revolution really has to start with this collective shift that we've been discussing that um, is the experience of trusting ourselves and trusting our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So for many people, the, the idea that we might trust ourselves is a frightening thought because like I said, it is just so foreign in our society. Mm-hmm. Collectively, we've been following experts and other ideas, other people's ideas for so long that, in some ways, we don't trust our ourselves. This is also true in the birthing community. Um, mm-hmm. And so, as a result, in education, often we don't follow our talents. And so a lot of times our talents are underutilized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the exciting thing I'd say is that this this is a revolution that's already underway. and if any of your listeners have been involved with or following what's been happening in, in education and in progressive education, I'm sure they will have felt the palpable excitement and the, the, the active sort of feeling of possibility that there are new ways to learn. It's brewing. Attitudes are changing. And new mm-hmm. opportunities are just popping up across all levels and types of educational environments.
1: Lisa, could you share some specific examples of learners who are doing exciting things outside of regular school?
2: Yes, there are so many examples of young people I know who are using their freedom to really learn deeply and to make a difference in the world. Um, one example I'd share is the project called Heirs to the Oceans, which is a collective of 19 independently educated kids who range from age 10 to 13, and they're building their education around learning about the enviro- environmental impact on the ocean through activist-oriented and interdisciplinary learning projects. And they're making a movie documenting their process. So this is just such a great example of families supporting their kids to follow a passion and to make a difference and to learn in the process.
1: And yeah, uh, actually, we're going to be airing their show um on revolutionary wellness yeah on november 24th so definitely look out for that watch for that
2: fantastic it's such a it's such a great example of of uh using a meaningful project as a basis and foundation for learning Mm -hmm. and another great example i'd share and another this is another local example is upstart theater and upstart theater is a company that was uh formed by and for teens and it was founded by a 15-year-old and her vision was to bring together teens most of whom were raised in either highly progressive um, school or as independent learners and the idea is that teens should do everything related to creating a theater company and that meant from pitching the mayor um, for support and for space uh, to raising funds and through crowdsourcing as well as the traditional roles of directing, acting, and all aspects of production—everything was done by the the kids, who were mostly 15 16 years old. So that's another example of a project based on a passion, and how much rich and deep learning comes from actually making it happen. Uh, these kids were both the 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 uh, creators of this, and also I'd say the beneficiaries of it. So it's
1: beautiful, um, Lisa. I, I, it's time to take a short break, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we'll be back, and we can continue the conversation. My guest today is alternative education activist Lisa betz In the face of a world which tells us to give our power over to experts, teachers, and institutions, Lisa wants you to know that we live in unprecedented times so that the how and even what you learn is yours to create for life. You can connect with be- Lisa Bets and learn about current projects and consulting at her website www.lisabl.com. We will be right back with Lisa Bets
0: Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright, revolutionary wellness introducing the experience revolutionary wellness coaching program log on today to begin your journey into the mystery and join our virtual village the world now more than ever needs you to feel revolutionarily well explore and integrate new ways of being learn to access your own unique treasure, the wisdom that is right there inside you, waiting to be revealed. Experience a renewed, vivid, and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you. When you experience revolutionary wellness, you will be the change you wish to see in the world. Log on to experiencerevolutionarywellness.com today and join Rochelle on an adventure into your own unique journey toward revolutionary Wellness. You're listening to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle is an internationally known meditation teacher, clinician of mind and body medicine, lifestyle change, and self-healing. She's an author, speaker, and creator of Experience Revolutionary Wellness Virtual Village. If you would like to reach Rochelle, send an email to Rochelle at Experience Revolutionary Again, that's Rochelle at Experience Revolutionary Now back to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio.
1: Welcome back. Lisa, before the break, you mentioned some great examples of, of what learners have been doing and exciting things um, they're, they're doing outside of regular school. And I'm curious, you know, it's one thing to have been providing an independent learning environment for a child from the beginning. But for those that may be considering this path for a child that's already been in the traditional school system, can, can it work for these children as well? Is it ever too late?
2: Absolutely, it can work as well. And you've actually raised a really important point, Rochelle, and that is that while I personally identify my family's approach as independent learning, the way that we address learning is by no means the only way or even the best way to improve learning. So it's true, I have to admit, I do have a bias that there are very few full-time schools um, which require attendance all day, Monday to Friday, that don't in some way suffer from the repercussions of being compulsory mm-hmm. um, and the, the disempowerment built into any top-down system. Um, and there are a lot of people who are working to change those systems from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, they People who are wanting to bring project-based learning and interest-driven learning, driven learning to the school system. Yeah. And while that hasn't been my focus, I do believe it's really important to remember that we're all needed. And there's so much change in how our culture approaches learning. Mm-hmm. Truly, everyone is, is important and plays a role. But going back to your specific question, I'd say yes, um, that inside or outside of traditional school, the skills we need to nurture to nurture for our kids and for ourselves for the future are the skills that serve us will serve us regardless of our circumstances mm-hmm. so self connection understanding compassion as the starting points and then when you add in freedom support community and personal power you really get the ability to learn anything and to create change no matter what your circumstances mm-hmm. so,
1: so d- yeah go ahead it's just so just, inspiring.
2: I, <laughs> I was just going to add that um, I would say that if you're in school, in some ways, the same skills that I believe many of us outside of school focus on will really serve you well. If you can really go in and direct your own education, you can you can you can make a difference. And and in fact, that's why a lot of colleges are starting to really um, uh, court. Uh, independently educated and homeschooled kids because they see this kind of uh, uh, inclination in them. Mm -hmm.
1: So in general then you would say, yes, it's easier to do this outside of school.
2: Um, I, I do think that people who are outside of the school system are in a way in a position to be the pioneers of this kind of change because we just have the freedom from mm-hmm. the constraints of that structure and from the limitations that uh, that, that come about almost unseen. Um, so I'd say that those of us who are outside of it are creating it as we go. And there's a lot of trial and error in that. Um, <laughs> constantly iterating, we're finding the flaws, we're making it better. You might have this personal experience that most of us who are independently educating our kids or homeschooling, have these reckoning moments where we ask ourselves is this the best way to do it? Is this the right way? How can I change it? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's not easy to 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 deal with. It's painful and it's and it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like to think that a lot of this testing and exploring and pioneering that we indep- independent learners are doing and the discoveries that we're making together as a community and as individuals and families will be guide points for how to approach those same issues inside of school. It's just that it's much harder to change the direction of a large moving ship
1: mm-hmm.
2: so any, um, like anything else I'd say learning is in itself is not the end result it's really the process and so those of uh, those of us who aren't utilizing school have to like I say consistently re re-evaluate the options and so I think I'd encourage anyone who has the inkling that they might be missing something important in their current environment to think mm-hmm. about making a change Mm -hmm. One of the the wonderful things about you doing this piece is the opportunity to raise awareness because I find that when I'm talking to people about educational options, many people are just really completely unaware of Mm -hmm. what's happening and the options that actually do exist for them.
1: Yes. Lisa, are there traits you see more often in kids who have had the kind of freedom you're talking about?
2: Hmm. Well, I'd say no single trait is consistent across any group of humans, but I I would say Mm -hmm. there are some patterns in learners who have had freedom and the support to learn on their own terms. And some of the things that come to mind are that they tend to be more open to people who are different from themselves. Mm -hmm. And that includes... um, they, they often have the ability to have relationships more comfortably with both adults and with kids who are older or younger than they are because they haven't been in a narrow um, age-restricted uh, leveled system. Mm-hmm. So it's natural to them to interact with all types of people, uh, all types of ages and all types of circumstances. Um, often they're more actualized in their learning because they've been able to learn at their level, instead of being bound by the the age-based and content-based sort of guidelines that schools generally enact, mm-hmm. um, and they they've often been able to learn, you know, at the level. So a lot of times you see kids, um, even those kids who've been uh, unschooled or given radical freedom, who often they they are. Uh, very, very far beyond their school-age peers because they've really had the freedom to, to find what what works for them, and they have not been limited by, um, you know, these kind of group-oriented constraints. So I'd say those are some of the some of the um, the patterns that I, I recognize.
1: Yes. Why is this significant? How is it relevant to the future and to future generations? And why should we choose? this radical path of learning and um, especially when considering a relevant quote that was made by Sir Ken Robinson during one of his TED talks he said creativity is now it is now an as important as literacy we should treat creativity at the same status as literacy and we are educating our children out of their creative capacities even though all children are born artists
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, Ken Robinson is amazing, <laughs> and he's really been able to attract a lot of attention to the issue of learning. Um, in fact, I, I think his his TED talk is one of the number one viewed TED talks um, mm-hmm. out there. So I definitely agree that creativity is really important, and I'd put it very high up on the list of meta learning skills, as as I would the case make the case for critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so because by forging a path based on trusting ourselves and our kids, we really are reclaiming creativity and creating the possibility that um, that learning, like living, is ours to design. So I say yes to that. Mm-hmm. In fact, this morning I, I read an op-ed piece um, in the New York Times by Thomas Freedom, Friedman sorry, that one of the biggest and newest challenges that we face for our kids and for ourselves is the unprecedented race with and against the ubiquitousness of the machine now those were his words and i think what he's referring to is again this this um uh ubiquitousness of computers and of technology as both tools but also Mm -hmm. limitations. And I don't think we've even begun Mm -hmm. to understand the implications that's going to have on our attention and on our relationships and our uh, health and in so so many different ways. So in his piece, he was referring specifically to the challenge that computers and robots uh, um, uh, present with regards to taking away uh, jobs from people, mm-hmm. but really that issue of our relationship with technology is is so much broader, and it's putting us face to face with challenges that we haven't faced before, and we mm-hmm. really don't have any historical answers. So you know, honestly, I'd say this this topic is so so huge, um, and I think so important, and actually so interesting to me too. But it it could be its own revolutionary wellness topic. I think it's so big. I'll have to
1: have you back on, Lisa.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or there's probably other people who are thinking about it too. Actually, actually I can think of a few. But anyway, one of the salient points that Friedman makes is that the future job market is going to require both STEM subjects, which I think we're seeing a lot of in schools, and there's an increasing amount of awareness about how important science, technology, and uh, and, um, math is. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're also going to need to combine those with human empathy. And uh, I would... I would increase that piece. I would add to that some of these other meta skills that have to do with not just empathy and compassion, but also communication and self-understanding.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so we we really don't know what the the specific issues are going to be. So, as a result, in general, we have to create a mindset that is um, an opened an open mindset and an adaptable mindset. And that's like one of the overarching pieces that's needed for us to adapt to this new, new world mm-hmm. that we have just begun to glimpse.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lisa, what is unique about the demands millennials require of education?
2: Well, that's a really great point. Millennials are a great place to look because they are the upcoming future and they are the people who are the first generation who's, who've almost entirely, uh, spent most of their lives surrounded by this technology I'm speaking about. Mm -hmm. Um, I read something, uh, some research the Brookings Institution did that said that 83% of millennials believe that there's too much power concentrated in the hands of a few big companies. And Mm -hmm. I think this speaks to a particular type of attitude that we're going to see more and more of in the future, and that is that the upcoming generations are much more likely to be entrepreneurial. They're more likely to value autonomy, so they're the perfect upcoming generations to really take on this attitude that I'm, that I'm speaking about. Um, and this, it's going to interact with how they, how they, they, they face and appreciate and, and, uh, um, approach education and learning. Mm-hmm. So, the new evolving cultures need to appeal to these these the values and the traits of these generations who've grown up with really a different context. And like I say, all these digital tools that really do radically influence their behavior and their desires. Mm-hmm. So, I'll give you an example. Our kids right now are growing up in a world where hacking is a feature. It's not a dirty word. Hacking things used to be you know, a negative mm-hmm. thing, but now mm-hmm. hacking means that you're actually embracing self direction in how you approach projects and, um, mm. you know, any kind of scenario. And it's, and it's conceived by the upcoming generations to be a good thing because mm-hmm. they're used to changing things around and to making them work for them. The future generations are less likely to accept this status quo if mm-hmm. they see any possibility of an alternative. So they're going to be forcing our hands at this kind of change that we're talking about, whether we older people like it or not.
1: (laughs) That's so great, Lisa. So it is time to take a short break. My guest today is alternative education activist, Lisa Betzlequa. Lisa believes that education is at an incredibly exciting junction and radical reform is happening all around. Lisa's hope is that all people realize and claim the ability to be the drivers of their own learning, whether they are utilizing an institution or learning freed from the constraints of formal education. You can connect with Lisa Betzlequa and learn about current projects and her consulting at her website, www.lisabl.com, or find her on Twitter at LisaBL. We will be right back with Lisa Betz-Lacroix.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice TRN. Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright, revolutionary wellness. Introducing the Experience Revolutionary Wellness Coaching Program. Log on today to begin your journey into the mystery and join our virtual village. The world, now more than ever, needs you to feel revolutionarily well explore and integrate new ways of being learn to access your own unique treasure the wisdom that is right there inside you waiting to be revealed experience a renewed vivid and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you When you experience revolutionary wellness, you will be the change you wish to see in the world. Log on to experiencerevolutionarywellness.com today and join Rochelle on an adventure into your own unique journey toward revolutionary wellness. to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle is an internationally known meditation teacher, clinician of mind and body medicine, lifestyle change, and self-healing. She's an author, speaker, and creator of Experience Revolutionary Wellness Virtual Village. If you would like to reach Rochelle, send an email to rochelle at com. Again, that's Rochelle at experiencedrevolutionarywellness.com. Now back to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio.
1: Welcome back. Anything that is of importance, you should design to reflect who you are and recreate in such a way that it works so that you can thrive. My primary interest is in recreating our attitudes toward learning, but healthcare and lifestyle are also wide open for being reclaimed by me and by you. This is your life. Trust yourself, make it right for you, and do so proudly. This is a beautiful quote from my guest today and Alternative Education activist, Lisa Betz-Lacroix. Lisa, your statement, trust yourself, this is your life, make it right for you, is a call to action, to empower people to rise up and reclaim a personal sovereignty, agency, and freedom that maybe they didn't know they had or maybe are afraid to manifest. How is personal sovereignty, agency, and freedom different from narcissism that is so rampant in our society today?
2: (laughs) Oh, interesting. You know, in, in some ways, I, I'd say that reclaiming agency and personal sovereignty and freedom, um, especially as illustrated by leading an interest-led uh, learning process, really is an antidote to narcissism. Now, the caveat to that is that probably is because I essentially trust people and I and I essentially think that people are good. And so I believe that if we're empowered, And if we feel confident about ourselves and our abilities, that it's the natural next step to want to make a positive difference and to contribute to other people. So that extends to our kids. And when they have the support and the ability to be self-directed, I think it's the natural outcome that they'll feel a personal responsibility. And so self-awareness and support for innate interests and skills in our kids and the ability to work on projects that require the cultivation of relationships with peers and and educators and uh, mentors, that requires and also develops communication skills and compassion. Mm -hmm. So, these traits are integral to education um, and especially education that happens in community because the learner doesn't see themselves as separate but rather as an integral part of their larger community. So Mm -hmm. this skill can absolutely be supported in any kind of educational environment. But in some ways, it's my belief that we who are putting our attention on freedom and independence have the ability to highlight it
1: Hmm, that's beautiful, Lisa. You mentioned Albert Einstein's quote that the consciousness that created the status quo won't be the consciousness that moves us into a new reality for humanity. You are recommending that we need to begin to cultivate and access a level of consciousness that humanity will need to face the challenges. yes.
2: Mm. Again, I I think our old systems are based on top-down models and those don't empower people to be creative problem solvers or to come up with solutions to problems small or large. So Mm -hmm. if we're, again, in the habit of following someone else's agenda, we're not empowered and um, so we feel powerless. And when we feel powerless, we become afraid and so the potential is for much more of an oppressed and even... Uh, exploited population. So as Benjamin Franklin said, and I think Sir Robinson shared this in his TED talk, there are three sorts of people in the world. There are those who are movable, who don't get it and who don't want it, who don't want to learn about it. There are those who are movable, they see the need for change and they're ready to listen. And then there are those who move, people who, who make things happen. So I agree with this, I agree that a person who makes stuff happen is important, but I actually think that we need to combine those last two skills. And I, I'm i a dancer, so I kind of see it as in a dance and mm-hmm. I'd say that you need to know when to initiate momentum and you need to know when to follow. So the same is true here that we don't always want to be just a leader or a follower, but rather an important skill set is to know when to respond and when to initiate. So there's yet another important and impactful meta skill.
1: It's beautiful. So insightful, Lisa. For someone who wanted to explore independent learning as an option, where would you suggest they start and what kind of resources might be useful and what kind of mindset might they consider?
2: Well, from a mindset perspective, I'd recommend starting with some books. There are tons of books out there that are very uh, illustrative and illuminating, and you could watch some talks, too. Some places to start would be John Taylor Gatto's Dumbing Us Down, mm-hmm. or John Holt's Teacher Own, mm-hmm. um, or Jeffrey Till's less-known Rise Above School, and or Peter Gray's Free to Learn. And now for people with older children, I'd recommend taking a look at Grace Llewellyn's The Teenage Liberation Handbook, or Dale Stevens' Hacking Your Education, or Blake, Blake Bowles, The Art of Self-Directed Learning. Um, it's also a great idea to start to explore the different approaches that exist to independent learning, and you could do some quick searches on terms like um, unschooling, uh, deschooling, schooling um, travel schooling, eclectic homeschooling, Charlotte Mason, um, and I think it, If you start to research, you'll begin to get a sense of what type of approach would most fit your family. Mm -hmm. And then as for the essential mindset, oh, the other thing is um, look for community because community is essential. Um, And as for mindset, I guess I'd say the most important thing is to realize that you're not alone, that your imagination is the limit for how to learn, and you can always iterate, improve, and change your mind, and that is the ultimate beauty of freedom.
1: Beautiful. Allow me to thank Lisa betts lacroix for being with us today on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio and for motivating, supporting, and inspiring us to reclaim the ability to be the drivers of our learning, to be self-empowered through interest-led ed, to know who we are and what we want in life to cultivate deep learning and real happiness. It has been so inspiring to talk to you today, Lisa. Thank you so much for being with us on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio and for being a beacon of light for the world as we step into new models of education and learning. Learning for ourselves and our world's children, and for holding, articulating, and expressing a vision of what's possible for us all.
2: Thank you so much for having me today, and thank you for all you do to support increased mindfulness in the world.
1: And to all of my listeners, I would love for you to join me next week right here as we will have an enlightening conversation with intentional creativity artist Asia Morgenthaler on the significance of creating with a specific intention and explore a variety of entry points to access your unique genius that is waiting to be revealed so that you can create the life you long for. It is such a pleasure to be here with you all on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Until next time, I'm Rochelle McLaughlin. May you be well.
0: Thank you for opening your heart and mind to a new way of being to greater degrees of self-compassion and wellness and your experience of your own infinite potential with Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Join host Rochelle next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time to turn courageously toward your own unique experience of health and wellness here on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, you too can experience revolutionary wellness.